Good morning, Spotlight friends. My name is Chanel Shaw, and you're listening to Ave Spotlight. Today, we're going to be talking to Emily Jaminette all about the Sacred Heart and how we can live the Sacred Heart in our own families and have a devotion in ourselves. It's a really great conversation, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Welcome, Emily. Hello, and thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited to talk about the Sacred Heart today. Yes, I'm excited too, because I am very ill knowledge of all things Sacred Heart. But you know, it has piqued my interest when I was in college. And as an adult, I very much am interested in ways that I can grow in holiness that are accessible. And I was very happy to receive your book a few weeks ago and be able to read about just how I can be holy, but also it doesn't have to be some sort of arduous trial. So I am very happy to have you here to talk about this. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I am married, I'm married to John for 23 years. I have seven children ranging 21 to five. So I am in the thick of many stages. I have five teenagers and older kids, and um, I really haven't started a public ministry. All my writing and career work started about five years ago. So I spent a number of years being very active in my community and involved in this gift of writing and speaking and, and being so heavily you know, involved in ministry work has been a huge blessing. Uh, Secrets of the Sacred Heart is my most recent book. And what I love about this book is actually the subtitle, and it's 12 Ways to Claim Jesus's Promises in Your Life. And I think that has brought me so much hope, Chanel, to claim that we get to have this opportunity to welcome Jesus. It's obtainable. It, you know, it's grace on his part, and it's a little bit of adjustment to how we think how we pray, how we act. And um, there's just so many gifts that come by implementing this uh, spirituality in your life. Wow. I love that. I love that. You are so amazing. I was reading your biography and you're so accomplished. So I'm so grateful to be talking to you and you're so down to earth. It's really nice. I'm really excited to have this convo. So I learned about the Sacred Heart when I was in college and it seemed like something for me that was really hard it seemed like a particular devotion. Like I needed to be at a certain place in my spiritual life to be able to jump into that one. It wasn't broad, like uh, a Marian devotion or something like that, where I could just kind of do it as a group um, with my peers and I needed to be in a particular place. But as I was reading in your book and just kind of talking to you, it's not a particular devotion and everyone has access to it. So can you tell us a little bit more about the Sacred Heart and why a devotion to the Sacred Heart is important? Yes, that's such a great point and a great question. That's really why I got so heavily involved in this devotion is I love you to think about it as Chanel as the kingdom of love. Mm-hmm. That is who Jesus is. And that's why he's promoting through the Sacred Heart devotion is that he appeared with his heart outside his body in 1670s to St. Margaret Mary Alico. And what it was really because his heart was so burning with love, he wanted her to see it. And in response, you know, he shares in these apparitions that in response, many of us, you know, throughout humanity respond with indifference or coldness, or, you know, even just not the way that maybe we would think we would respond to his love. So it's really an invitation for us to ponder how much he loves each one of us in this beautiful, perfect love that he offers? And then what is our response to that love? How can we access these graces to be transformed? So St. Gertrude really talks about, actually, she lived before St. Margaret Mary, about 
how this devotion to the Sacred Heart is for end times when hearts will grow cold and lukewarm. This, Mm -hmm. again, this idea about the importance of, you know, to be renewed. I like to say like, to me, my hope, my desire is to get a heart transplant from this devotion, Mm -hmm. because as you mentioned, you know, as parents of being in the world, like yourself, but not of it, you can grow so weary. You can grow so worn out. And that's why this devotion is one that is transforming because it's personal and yet it's universal because it's an opportunity to put your entire faith in perspective because mm-hmm. it's useless, right? So now if it's not about love, it's not about that transformation, that holiness that is being offered to each one of us. Actually in my book, I write, I love how you talked about you encountered a sacred heart in your twenties. It's all, what is our an interaction? You know, where did we first see this image or what does that image mean to me? And my true amazing story is my grandfather devoted his entire retirement to promoting the sacred heart of Jesus mm-hmm. and also the Immaculate Heart of Mary through creating hardbound plaques in his basement. And they were shipped out through the Men of the Sacred Hearts in Cincinnati to Albania and to India to support Mother Teresa's missions. Oh my gosh. Whoa. So I thought everyone did this, Chanel. I thought this that, was like normal grandparenting. Wow. It really brought to light when on his birthday, his 80th birthday, he got a birthday card from Mother Teresa. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, with grandpa and grandma, wow. because they were the simplest, holiest. You would notice them because they're smile, but not because of their prestige resume. Mm. But what I saw looking back in the fruits of how they lived their life, was one that not only impacted myself, but our entire extended family, where we all strive to live out that love. And that's why I wrote the book to make it really obtainable for people not to be intimidated, but to see that like, this is bedrock Catholicism. This is the devotion because Mm -hmm. it's about the heart of Jesus, where the King of Kings met his full humanity and his whole divinity lived out. And that's really where we live our life, right? Is in our heart our intentions, our actions, our motives, you know, Mm -hmm. they they all come from that same place. Wow. And I really liked your point about, you know, just living with love and it doesn't even have to be a particular devotion that you don't have access to because it's just about living in Christ's love for all of us. And I think that's super cool. I think especially now it's important to reflect on living in love practically because there isn't a lot of that, right. That we're seeing now just existing in 2021. And I think as I was reading your book, especially because I'm not a parent. So I always like to say whenever I have parents on, I'm not a parent and I don't have kids. I did have a cat. So I feel like I'm able to relate in terms of just something waking me up at night, but not in terms of like, you know, the spiritual, mental and physical formation of a person. So sometimes I think it's kind of hard to live in like a spirit of love when you are responsible for people and just responsible for yourself if you're not married. And I think your book showed a lot of good ways that we can do that and a lot of good tips. And I was curious as to you raising seven people, and I'm sure your journey as a mother will never end. How have you kind of applied those tips to your own life? And how has your devotion to the Sacred Heart helped transfer into your family? Well, first I can say I've seen it lived out my grandparents. And then I saw my parents go through this radical transformation of incorporating the spirituality in their marriage and seeing how their marriage was 
much more forgiving. It was much more loving. You know, my dad would say things like, I'm trying to implement virtue just Mm. like Jesus's heart. Like even how we spoke about our trials began to change. And then in my own life, the same thing is true. Like as a parent, you know, the the kids will know you cannot give what you don't have, right? Like Mm. you can't fake it till you make it with, if you're cranky, like they know mom's cranky, right? Mm. If you're feeling burned out, they know mom's burned out. And what I love about this devotion is it is consistently set up to renew you because you're not living off you. You're not living off the perfect Emily version, right? Mm, It's Jesus coming into your heart and then out, not being afraid. You know, he says, do not be afraid, but to be fully alive and doing what you're called to do. If it's wherever you are called to work, whatever your day looks like but having those graces. So implementing was really important for me because burnout is inevitable in every aspect. If you're relying on you, it's helped change my spirituality. And it's also given me these key lighthouse moments where, you know, first Friday means something to me. It reminds me that Jesus died on the cross for me every first Friday. And then I have the opportunity to live out this devotion by going to mass. Mm. And some first Fridays, Chanel, I hit it. I'm there. I'm like, Okay. Number one of nine. I love it. And then the next month, oh, I forgot, Mm. but it's not about keeping this perfect checked mark, but rather living your faith out and striving to implement what happens at church and in your home that, that Jesus is, you know, always knocking on our door. He's always seeking to come into our life. So it Mm. all kind of has come together through this devotion for me. And I can see it for others as well. I love that. And I think that's really important too, when you talk about just kind of burnout and God's sacred heart is not just beautiful and loving, but it's also merciful, right? So we were talking about before we started recording that there's just a lot of pressure on people, right? To to live liturgically perfectly or to go to mass every day if they can in the morning or you know, to just keep up consistently on their faith in ways that it stops becoming... Um, as much about love and mercy and more about like keeping up with rules and things that you really need to do every day, every minute. And not to say, right, that the things that God has asked us to do, we shouldn't, but that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and on ourselves personally. And then just like as a community, what would you say about like the pressure that exists that is kind of put on people and how God can meet us there? I love that point. I'm so glad you brought that up because when you were talking, it reminded me that you know, this is a wounded heart, right? Like Mm. the thing about Jesus's heart is it was actually pierced by a lance. It was broken by his best friends. It could, Mm. you know, when he died, he, most of the passion was even right in his own heart by what he saw, the sin and his perfectness. And I, I love that because it's hope for all of us, right? We are our best friend's worst, you know, enemy at times. We are the one who hurts our family. We are the ones who are wounded by others, but there's hope. And that's what I wanted people to see in Secrets of the Sacred Heart is that there's hope for everyone, that healing is being offered to individuals, but also to all of humanity mm-hmm. because love is, we know what love is in First Corinthians. We know what it looks like, but sometimes you need those graces to be able to experience that transformation. And and no heart is more wounded. And so as a result, there's hope for everyone. And I've seen it. 
I like to say Chanel little M's like little miracles. Mm. When we have a little M in our life, such as a healing and a reconciliation with a family member or a loved one who gets counseling for in, you know, comes clean from addiction. Like to me, all credit goes to the sacred heart because he loves so much. And that's where those miracles, you know, they, they don't make the front page news, but we all can see when those mountains move, we need to give him the glory and the credit. And the biggest one is when your heart changes and is softened. That's, mm. that's what I just, any progress is a lot of progress. Mm, that's a word. That is a word. Any progress is a lot of progress. And that is definitely something that I needed to hear on this Monday morning as I myself and like preparing to move and, you know, life happens so fast. And I think for me, it's like every day you kind of put this pressure. I put this pressure on myself to be like, okay, well, am I responding to my emails fast enough? Am I calling this person? I missed this phone call. I should call or check them back. Am I, you know, doing my laundry enough? Am I eating well enough? It's just so much pressure. And then when it comes to Sunday, I'm like, okay, am I early enough to mass? Should I sit in the front? (laughs) You know, am I singing loud enough? Am I tithing enough? It's just so much. And I forget that God tells us that there's hope and there's opportunity for us to just grow in relationship. And that's really all that he's asking from us in those moments. And I very much forget those little M miracles, which is a good word. You know, I forget those little M miracles in my life. And I quickly jump into like these big huge things that I think are very important all the time. So thank you for sharing that. That very much helped me keep things in perspective. Well, thank you. And I think Mm -hmm. that we can all, right. We all are looking for them. We're all looking for those little M's. And that's one thing like with, you know, secrets of the sacred heart, I really wanted people to see the hope in all situations Mm -hmm. and to see that there's grace being offered to you. One last piece that was really important to this devotion that's changed my life is to Mm -hmm. see that we have this opportunity to put our heart, our head unrested on and Jesus's heart. And if we could see that intimacy that he's offering each one of us, you know, we can be, we can be truly transformed. I love that. Thank you so much. Okay. So at the end of every episode, we ask our guests what their hope for the week is. So it could just be something that you're looking forward to for the week, something that you're hopeful for. I can go first if you need some time or if you're yeah, ready, you go you're first. more than welcome. I'm to- ready. Okay. So something I'm hopeful for this week, I took the GRE on Easter Monday. My big G goal is to get into graduate school for clinical mental health counseling. That is my goal. So I am getting my scores back in a couple of days and I'm hopeful that I get into school. I am moving at the end of the week. So it's just a lot going on. And I'm hopeful that I just get into school and life aligns in the way that I think it should. (laughs) And and I'm hopeful that if it does not, that God will give me the grace to just be okay with that. And so, yeah, so I am just hopeful and excited for whatever the future is when I leave my home here in Philadelphia and just to kind of see what the future is. How about you? That is awesome because it's all about embracing God's will. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, you really brought to line that as a mom of seven, I've, I have a whole little list with each kid's name on it. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we got to remember to get this kid's shoes and that kid into college. And this kid, you know, it's just all of these little to-dos. Mm-hmm. But when you were speaking and when you asked this question, it's like, 
I want to do my to-do list with love, right? Mm. And not just, you know, crossing them off the list. And I really want to have, I actually was thinking this morning, my big aspiration is just to kind of have 15 minutes with each child Mm. and not have an agenda behind, you know, what we're talking about. So just that, how are you doing? Because a lot of times they're like, okay, mom, what what do you want? Um, Mm. You know, and I'm like, we don't have your senior (laughs) picture done or we don't have this done, but that's not really what, I want them to remember not just that I'm a good taskmaster, you know, facilitator, mm-hmm. but that we can have that one-on-one. So I think that's going to be my big goal. I'm, it's going to be about those relationships. So I love that. I love that. So where can we learn more about you and what you're doing, Emily? Well, first, the website that I have all set up on the Devotion Sicker Heart is welcomehisheart.com. And Great. welcomehisheart.com has videos. It has a very active blog I run. That's all in this devotion. But if you want to get to know Emily Jaminet, just come to my name, Emily Jaminet, J-A-M-I-N-E-T.com. You can learn about the other four books I wrote, a lot of the work I do, where I'm speaking, what I'm doing, and you know, follow my little newsletter and I'll remember you in my prayers and we can stay connected. And I'm also on all uh, social media, just right under my name, Emily Jaminet. So I love my friends on the internet and I just uh, love this opportunity to be able to share about my faith. Sweet. I love that. Awesome. So we'll put all of that in our show notes so people can check that out. But thank you so much, Emily, again, for talking with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you to Emily for being our guest. I'm looking forward to checking out more information on the Sacred Heart, which we will have in our show notes. So please check that out. Also, thank you all for listening to this podcast. I am seriously so honored to be hosting it and talking to such awesome guests. I'm looking forward to talking with y'all next week. In the meantime, please say a prayer for me. I'll be praying for you. God bless. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.